Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Barria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Barria. We take up an important topic today. We talk about the dangers of alcoholism. But before we get to that, let me introduce our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria. She's an associate medical director for Wellman Medical Management, currently a provider at Wellman at the 9th Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg, earned her medical degree from Ross University School of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica, completed her residency in an OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary Hospital in Hoboken, New Jersey. She's board certified in family medicine, and when Dr. Barry is not caring for patients, she enjoys spending time with her family, traveling, and photography. She and her husband and teenage daughter make their home in St. Petersburg, Florida. And we have a special treat today. Co-hosting along with me is Gina Galaviz, also plead guilty to her being my wife. Gina was a uh, TV news correspondent for a whole lot of years, specialized in crime reporting, and now is in the marketing and communications business. And Gina, thank you for joining us as a co-host. Oh, I'm glad to be here, and I'm excited about this topic today. So, Well, it's a topic that, as I was saying off the air when we were talking, uh, I said to Dr. Jackson, in the hundreds and hundreds of shows we've done, we have never done a show specifically on alcoholism. Dr. Jackson is a provider at WellMed at San Marcos, he earned his medical degree from McGovern Medical School at the University of Texas Health in Houston. He completed his residency at the Waco Family Medical Program in Waco. And Dr. John Jackson is board certified in family medicine. Dr. Jackson, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, Ron. I was saying to our producer, Nellie Ibera, before we came on that uh, this is a great topic. Thank you for picking it. And she said, no, she didn't pick it. You did. Right. Why alcoholism? Right. Well, it's a it's a prevalent problem. Uh, most people won't admit to it uh, that they've got the problem, and uh, so you know we it certainly impacts uh, a person's health and uh, emotional state. Uh, so it, I thought that we should uh, educate the public about the dangers of alcoholism. And I think I read somewhere that uh, Anglo males, sixty five and over are more likely to be alcoholics than any others in that age category. Is that true? That's true, Ron. Why? Um, I don't know if there's any specifics. It may be they, <clears throat> when you get to that stage in your life, you you have more free time. You may not be working. You may be retired. And so uh, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, getting up on time, getting a job. So maybe there's more time to uh, spend uh, drinking alcohol at that stage of your life. When you see a patient and and Dr. Barria, same question to you as well. uh, Do you get a sense of perhaps they may have a problem with alcohol when you first start talking with them? Dr. Jackson, I'll let you answer first. Okay. well, certainly, uh, if, if we have some uh, blood work uh, that's been done recently on the patient and their <clears throat> their liver enzymes are mildly elevated, certainly uh, piques my interest as to about their alcohol consumption. Um, 
even asking them directly, sometimes we don't know for sure whether they're honest, if they're uh, minimizing their their consumption because they're ashamed of it. They know it's a problem and they're ashamed of it and they don't want to admit it. I know all cigarette smokers lie, alcoholics lie as well. Oh, I, maybe I have a drink or two a week. People right. tend to downplay the number of alcoholic beverages that they consume on a daily or weekly basis. So I have... I normally tend to double what people tell me. So if they tell me that they're having two drinks a week, in reality, it's probably maybe two drinks a day or, you know, one a day. And just for my, I don't put that in the charting, but it's normally the factor that I use as far as how much I think that they're consuming. And then um, what Dr. Jackson was saying about the lab work, if you've got mal- mildly elevated liver function tests, that clues us in if there's nothing else that's going on with their health that could attribute to the mildly elevated liver function test that maybe they are consuming more alcohol or alcohol in general that they haven't disclosed to us. Let me take a moment and let folks know who may have just joined us. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria, Gina Galavis, sitting in as well as one of our co-hosts today. And we're talking with Dr. John R. Jackson. He's at Wellman at San Marcos. The topic, the dangers of alcoholism. And uh, Dr. Jackson, uh, talk to us about what alcohol does to our bodies. Well, there's several things that... Uh... Uh, you got acute and chronic uh, situations there. Certainly acutely, uh, people become intoxicated and it impairs their judgment. And, you know, we all know about the dangers of driving while intoxicated. So those are some of the acute effects it has on the body. And I think most people are aware of that. But the uh, chronic consumption of alcohol uh, has other problems with their health. Uh, certainly it can, it can uh, raise a person's blood pressure. Uh, where they they increase their risk of strokes and heart attack, and as it may be, uh, uh, if they quit uh, their alcohol consumption, they stop it. Uh, then their blood pressure may go back to normal from that. Uh, of course, there's you know probably most people are aware of liver damage from excess alcohol abuse, such as cirrhosis of the liver, and uh, so those are some of the more common. That's one of the more common. Uh, things that we see. Uh, there are certain things that uh, certain cancers are increased. You have an increased risk of certain cancers from chronic alcohol consumption. And uh, there's also damage to other organs, uh, such as the, uh, the pancreas, uh, which uh, can get inflamed from, from uh, uh, acute alcohol consumption. Uh, on a, and if you did on a frequent enough basis, then you can have long-term problems with chronic pain from pancreatitis. And it can also affect the heart and you could get alcoholic cardiomyopathy, which definitely, I don't think anybody wants to sign up for that. And I guess one of the other questions that often comes up is uh, for somebody who, for example, may uh, struggle with insomnia or have difficulty falling asleep, uh, they assume, and I think wrongly so, that alcohol will help them go to sleep and stay asleep. Is that accurate, Dr. Jackson? Well, it, it may be uh, uh, for the short term, they may be get drowsy or sleepy there, but certainly when it, it wears off, the, uh, you know, then they tend to wake up and, 
and not, they didn't get a they didn't get a full night's sleep uh, because they you know the alcohol didn't it wore off uh, before the the eight hours were up. How do you, you doc? I have a question. So you know you go out to eat once a week with your husband and or your friends, and that's when you drink. But you just don't have one drink, two glasses of wine. Oh, three. You know I don't do it every day, but you know three drinks times you know four you know four fridays in a month i mean is that too much are you having a problem are you on the road to having a problem with alcoholism well the current guidelines are for females is uh one or less alcoholic beverage a day if assuming you're not pregnant uh or you don't have some disease that would where the alcohol is not indicated but uh, uh one drink uh, uh, per week, I mean, so one drink per day, or a uh, maximum of, of three per day, and then the limit is uh, uh, no more than, uh, you know, four per week on that. So uh, those are the current guidelines for females. Mm -hmm. uh, males is a, are a little bit higher. I think there are two drinks a, a day or 14 a week, which are uh, acceptable. They're supposedly that uh, if there's such a thing as a safe limit, on alcohol, but that's the current current recommendations from the from the health department. If you drink, even, go ahead. They're suggesting that red wine would be preferred over if you were going to have hard liquor, it's because of the health benefits for cholesterol and lipid profile. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. You know, we were having a discussion at dinner with one of my friends, and I said, since I stopped drinking in December uh, because I was wanting to cut down on calories and lose the COVID 100, it seems, pounds, um, my sleep has improved mm -hmm. and the weight started going down. So now my friends are starting to follow that routine. And she called me and says, oh, my gosh, I'm having the best sleep ever. It's just and, amazing know, what it does. Is carbohydrates. So anybody who's trying to watch their hourglass figure needs to cut down on their carb intake, right? So that's an easy thing to do. As you look at the numbers, Dr. Jackson, we're talking about uh, the incidence of drinking among uh, Anglo males 65 and over. They're not alone in uh, overconsumption of, of alcohol. Do people who... Uh, drink too much, have a problem with it, recognize it? Are they hoping to get help? I think they certainly do have problem, you know, recognizing that until they get in trouble with legal situation where they're, they're arrested for driving while intoxicated or they lose their job because they, they have a lot of absences for, for they get, they had a, they were hung over the, the next day and, and didn't go to work, uh, they can lose their job. So sometimes that's a wake up call that it's time for them to seek help uh, to uh, deal with their problem. Years ago, I knew a woman who drank uh, excessively, uh, but functioned quite well uh, in her job. She was what some people dub a functional alcoholic. Is that an accurate description of some people? That, yeah, that's true that they, they uh, consume a lot, but they're able to to uh, uh, you know, do their work and get paid, and and they don't uh, don't get in trouble with the legal system. 
some might say, well, boy, aren't they lucky? Well, I don't know. There's certainly those, it certainly could be damaging to their health, their liver, and and uh, increase their risk for certain cancers. And uh, uh, it's just not a healthy lifestyle. And Dr. Barrio, among the patients that you see, uh, I'm sure you've had some who uh, were and are alcoholics. What do you recommend? Do you send them, if they'll go to uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or other treatment programs? Yes, absolutely. Um, I actually have one patient currently, right, <clears throat> that she just hit her six-year sobriety mark, and she was so proud of herself. And it was wow. actually on St. Patrick's Day, which I was very proud of her for doing that, because you would think that that would be a holiday that everybody would want to imbibe to their heart's content, um, St. Patrick's Day. That's become um, the new, new New Year's Eve. Stay with us a minute. Yes. We're, we're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. Uh, we're talking with our co-host, uh, Dr. Audrey Barria. Uh, Gina Galaviz is co-hosting as well today. And our special guest, Dr. John Jackson at the Wellman Clinic at San Marcos. We're talking about the dangers of alcoholism right here on Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson from my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We're so pleased you're sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We're talking about the dangers of alcohol and alcoholism. Our special guest today, Dr. John Jackson. He's at the Wellman Clinic at San Marcos. Our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria, is here. You find her in St. Petersburg, Florida. And our other co-host today, Gina Galaviz, former TV broadcaster, and she is co-hosting today on Docs in a Pod. Uh, Dr. Jackson, you had mentioned some of the side effects and risks of alcoholism. Uh, are there other challenges? Yeah, they, uh, there are some other conditions that are um, made worse by uh, chronic alcohol consumption. Uh, one is where the, the bones lose the calcium or get thinner called osteoporosis. And so, uh, of course, this is more of a problem in females, uh, osteoporosis is, and is they, especially after menopause, the uh, calcium starts to leach out of the bones. And so alcohol consumption tends to aggravate that. Uh, and then you're talking as well about risk of suicide and uh, obviously the risk of accidents. Right. So, of course, again, most the accidents are people that are usually acutely intoxicated with, uh, you know, everyone's aware of car crashes, but uh, sometimes there's people get up on ladders or they go downstairs and they fall and, and uh, injure themselves when they're acutely intoxicated. So, or even I've seen people get burned. They, they were cooking and weren't paying attention and they got uh, burns uh, from, uh, because they, they were intoxicated. And then, um, the risk of suicide increases with people that are uh, using chronic alcoholism. Now, you know, alcohol is also a depressant. It uh, can aggravate depression and, and um, 
Uh, so certainly that would uh, tend to tend to uh, drive people towards suicide or has the potential to do that. Is it ever too late to reverse these problems? I mean, if you stop drinking, <clears throat> will you see progress? I believe so, especially with high blood pressure. Uh, that that seems to be helpful to stop that. And uh, and even with cirrhosis of the liver that you can, it, it depends on you know how far it's progressed. If it hasn't progressed that far, uh, cessation of alcohol can can uh, can can keep it from progressing, and they may may have some reversal there too with the with the body, um, and certainly if if uh, they've had their pancreas inflamed, avoiding alcohol will probably stop further attacks of, of pancreatitis. It's an it interesting. Th- yeah. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Interesting thing that I notice. I I don't drink as well, and haven't for uh, for several years by choice. Uh, you know, I could if I wanted, but uh, sitting at a, a dinner with friends who may be drinking, uh, the thing that has struck me is uh, the changes in their personality over time as they consume alcohol. Uh, it, it is so evident uh, from someone who isn't drinking uh, to see that. Uh, and those changes uh, sometimes are very negative, sometimes can be positive, changing people's personalities. Uh, are, are the folks who go through that recognizing what's happening, or is that just how it is? Um, I don't know if the the individual is, but I'm certain their family uh, notice those personality changes. Some people get very, uh, uh, I guess the word mean. They just they're they're uh, ugly drunks, violent violent toward their family and things. That, yeah, when they're when they're drinking, it's just not a lot of fun person to be around. I think the other thing that you notice is that um, your friends and family will pick up on the fact that you've lost your inhibitions and you might not realize it in the moment, uh, the person who's drinking, but afterwards they'll be known in their group as, oh yeah, this one loses all of his or her inhibitions and be aware anything's likely to come out of their mouths when they're in that state. So the reputation starts preceding you when you're out in your group settings. Mm. Or like at family gatherings, that's our mm-hmm. fun aunt. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and, and how can you intervene, Dr. Jackson, if uh, in a family situation, uh, you know, a husband, a spouse, a mom, a dad, an aunt, an uncle, uh, maybe consuming too much alcohol, uh, can you say anything to them? A uh, true story, years ago, I had a friend, David, uh, I won't say his last name, uh, who, who was an alcoholic. And when he got drunk, he got mean and angry and ugly. And one night he, he came to my house and I, I said to everybody, let's put all our car keys here just so nobody drives home drunk. Uh, and uh, he went to leave and he, he wanted his keys and I wouldn't give them to him. And he literally punched holes in, in the wall at my house. Not my house. Uh, no, no, this is... <laughs> Before Gene and I were married, uh, literally uh, pounded the house. And, and finally, I said, here, take the keys, go kill yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's sad that uh, yeah, a lot of times it's very difficult. Uh, you see these, uh, they usually have to do what's called an intervention. You just have to sit them down and hopefully there's a counselor in the room, too, because, uh, you know, 
most families are not trained to to deal with that because the 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 individuals in denial they deny that they've got a problem and uh, they think everybody's just ganging up on them so but uh some you know there's certainly something they got a you know they got arrested for dui or um they lost their job it's a little bit easier to say yeah well you got well you know how do you explain that away they could they can't explain it away you know that they've got a problem and if you want to put an intervention together who can help you do that yeah i think you're going to have to get a get a, you know a, a trained provider or maybe a social worker and things to help but a lot of times the uh the facilities that people go into inpatient uh rehab they they sometimes can provide help as do, uh, providing a facilitator to either come to your house to to uh, help you with the intervention. Uh, let me flip to a, a similar issue that I, I think we'd be uh, uh, reticent if we don't talk about it, and that's opioid uh, abuse and, and drug abuse, which uh, appears to be on the increase across this country. Uh, do they go hand in hand with an addictive personality? Definitely, yeah. They're, they're a switch. They'll switch around, you know, they'll say they'll quit drinking and then they'll go to using other other substances and stuff to to deal with their situation. You know, one of the things that I've instituted in my practice is that if they've got any sort of if they were addicted to opioids in the past or if they were alcoholics, that we are very, very aware of not then if they if you're an alcoholic, not to prescribe you opioid for pain management, because now you're just treating one for the other. You know, you've been sober for six years and now for pain management, they're giving you hydrocodone. Okay, but you're not, they're not doing you any service by getting you hooked on opioids now. Um, so how do you, you manage pain? Aware. How do you manage pain in those patients? So there are a lot of other modalities that you can utilize, like <clears throat> acupuncture is definitely one of them. Um, biofeedback is another one. The thing is that the patient has to be open to these other modalities and not look for the quick fix of, oh, no, just give me a pill and I'll be done with it. If your mother or father were alcoholics, is there a chance you are whether you want to, uh, you know, you come face to face with that reality? And I don't think that it's so much based off of them being alcoholics it's the addictive personality that i think sets you up and um so it doesn't have to be alcohol it could be opioids it could be whatever your choice right drug of choices mm-hmm. uh, and dr jackson are you seeing opioid abuse in your practice oh uh, we have some patients that it's not not common of course we're mostly a senior clinic but yeah, still people will will abuse uh, their medication, yes. And then how do you handle that? Uh, you have to be tough and just say, you know, they uh, either they have to we have to cut them off and and just use some other modality to treat them with. If they're if they're they can't we have a sign a contract, a pain contract, and that they won't sell their medicines and they won't, you know, they'll take them as we're prescribed. And if they if they uh, can't can't uh, abide by the contract, then we just have to say we can't prescribe them to you anymore. Is that difficult for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you went through medical school, both you and Dr. Baria, uh, was there much emphasis or talk about addictions? 
there was yeah there especially alcohol i think it was more prevalent in, in when i trained in the 70s uh there was some uh opioid we and we didn't manage chronic pain like we do today we didn't we didn't prescribe a lot of opiates back in the 70s and uh, so that all kind of changed in the late 80s early 90s uh but uh so there were still people that would want to abuse uh anything you know whether it was uh tranquil minor tranquilizers or opiates or alcohol it, there were certainly those patients around who who did and in your case dr varia no i think addiction medicine was just coming about at that time because i trained in the 90s and late 90s and that just was not as prevalent. That's when we first started creating the problems, I think. You used a term. Are, are there physicians who specialize in addiction medicine? Yes, there are. That's interesting. Well, unfortunately, we are flat out of time. Uh, I want to thank you, Dr. Jackson, for talking about the dangers of alcoholism. And uh, if you Google that, uh, there's a ton of information uh, available on the Internet. And to our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barry and to Gina Galaviz, Thank you both for joining us today on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll do it again next week on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Barria and Ron Aaron.